Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Skincare with Friends. Hello, on this week on Skincare with Friends, we have a guest, Mrs. Fiona Clark. She is an ex-medical journalist, a broadcaster and current proprietor of the Harley Street Emporium, which is an online shop and medical portal. And She chiefly talks about women's health and today her and I will be talking about the menopause, how it's treated, how to deal with the skin effects of reduced oestrogen. And I find it absolutely fascinating and I was relieved to discover that uh, there are many ways that we can improve our health and our skin as we women get older. We talk about um, some studies and um, all of the information and uh, a list of the products we mention will be over in files on the Skincare with Friends uh, chat room on Facebook. So come and find us there. Enjoy. Okay, here we go. So welcome to Skincare with Friends. I'm Nia Patton and I have a guest on today again. And uh, this is Fiona Clark I'm speaking to and uh, she's based in London. Hi, Fiona. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about skincare as usual, um, but we're also going to bring in a topic we haven't spoken before on the podcast we're going to talk about the menopause so uh i think everyone should hear more about the menopause um including men i'd like men to know a bit more about that yes definitely given there was a survey a while back that somebody did of um of what men knew about menopause and some of the Uh responses were things like it makes you go crazy and it makes you shoplift Shoplift? Yeah, I don't know where that one came from, but apparently that was one of the responses. I don't know what was going on in that household. No, crazy women going off the rails and <laughs> stealing things. Exactly. Yes, because so far I haven't seen kleptomania put down as one of the official no. symptoms on a, on a menopause survey yet, but there you I don't go. Know. Yeah, what were they thinking of? How yeah, funny. I don't know. Yeah. So um, tell, tell us a bit about your, um, you know, how you came into uh, skincare and your professional life? Well, it's vastly different, actually, from what I'm doing now in some ways. I did actually do Mm. anatomy and physiology at university, um, but then I went into journalism. And so I worked in mainstream journalism for a very long period of time. I used to work on um, Australia's equivalent of Newsnight for for many, many years um, and was a correspondent overseas for a while. I worked in Moscow. This shows you exactly how old I am. Um, Mm. A year before and a year after the collapse of the Soviet Union, which is where I met my husband. Um, And I'm saying that because it sort of feeds into the rest of the story in a way. Um, Then we went back to Australia and so I continued working for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation there for many years. But then when my son was about 
three, I thought I can't do these hours anymore. I was a supervising producer of the program and it sounds lovely to, um, yeah. you know, to think that you your day starts at 10 and it finishes at 11 o'clock at night, but it didn't start at 10. No. It actually started at 7am and it finished at 1am um, by the oh time you'd God. rung all the other bureaus around the world and set up the next day and those sorts yeah. of things. And it got to the point where I just thought, I can't do these hours anymore. I'm not seeing my child at all and it's not fair on my family. That's awful, yeah. It was tough. Um, so I thought, well, I, I'll, I'll go into medical publishing because at least I have some sort of vague understanding of, of, um, of mm. science vaguely. Um, so yeah. I went to work for magazines that went to doctors in Australia called Australian Doctor and Medical Observer and a couple of um, things mm. like that. Um, then when my son was around about seven or eight, my husband got posted back to Moscow. So we thought, yeah, we'll go. Mm. We'll just go for a year. It'll be fun. He'll learn how to speak Russian and get a bit of culture. Um, and yeah. and that lasted until um, he finished school. So in that period wow. of time, obviously, I'd had to, you know, I'd worked remotely for, for Australia for the magazines I was working for, but I'd had to um, to give that up after a while. And so I did a couple of different things. I wrote for The Lancet. Um, I wrote for Deutsche yeah. Welle on Russian politics and then um, uh, wow. set up a thing in Australia called It's My Health, which was then bought by my doctor, uh, mm. which is a sim- similar thing to the NHS in a way, except it had, so it's got all of the, the conditions and, um, and you know, treatments mm. and diagnosis and all of that kind of stuff and then on as well had a whole bunch of lifestyle uh articles around it to to sort of help you know make things a nice light read I guess for people as well um so then my son started university here and I thought well I need to um to be in the same country so I thought I'll apply for an entrepreneur's Mm. visa uh Part of that entrepreneur's visa means you have to go back to the, your country of origin and be fingerprinted. So we all flew mm-hmm. all the way back to Sydney to be fingerprinted where I ran into a GP friend of mine who just launched her own line of evidence-based skincare products and I tried yeah. them and the difference in my skin was phenomenal in a week. So I oh, thought... So what what brand was that? That sounds cool. It's, actually, she's. I'm not exactly sure whether she's about to because they did send me a, a message a while back saying, can you help? We're going to finally bring it to the UK. Um Evidence oh, cool. is um, so it's an evidence based evidence based um, skincare range, and um, so I thought. Look, I spent a year uh, with her, sort of you know trying to you know work out who the competition was, uh, where they sell, how they work, how to you know get it you know regulatory approval here, all of mm. those kinds of things. But at the end of the year, it was going to cost too much for where she was in the business back then. So. In that year, I thought, okay, this is the first time I'd ever actually really sat down and read women's mm. magazines, and I was appealed. I actually mm. could not. I, I see. I'm, I'm almost speechless when I say it. I just could not believe that it was literally all advertorial without any evidence yeah. base um, behind it. And I thought it's this is bullshit. just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they got like a, they'll have a clinical trial thing, you know, and you're like. What clinical trial is this? Yes, yeah, so eight people. out of ten women said blah. And that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, eight, eight out, out of which ten women did you ask? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just my mother, my grandmother. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 The people who work in the building. Exactly. The investors. Um, Yes. Mm. So I I kind of thought, okay, this needs to be rectified. So there were a lot of doctors who had very good evidence-based skincare products. um, And then there was this sort of, you know, horrendous sort of lack of of evidence in in editorial. And I thought, well, editorial, I can do standing on my head. Why don't Mm. I marry the two together? Um, Get some really good doctors on board to talk about, you know, skincare and and surgery and aesthetic Mm. treatments and all of those sorts of things. Um, and that's how Harley Street Emporium was born. But since then, wow. it's evolved a lot away from from just the skincare into much more of a sort of a broader women's health and menopause. Yeah, that's lovely. So how long how long have you been uh, there at the Emporium? It's been existed? live. On, it's been live now for about three years. Mm. Yeah, so it's um, so does it have a physical premises as well? Can you go into the emporium? No, it's it's purely online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. so it is. It's so. just me and and my um me and my laptop. Ah, mm. so the doctors you can can you um, consult with them remotely then? You can, yeah. There's a there's a there's a booking facility on the site, and ah. um, yeah, so they're all independent practitioners who have their own um, practices, and generally they're people who, you know, at least I've met, I've made sure that they do have you know CQC registration, that they are actually yeah. who they say they are. They are members of professional bodies and associations, um, and they, you know, are people who are, are generally, mm. I hope, quite good. Yeah. And you can get your um, tretinoin and hydroquinone prescribed. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, actually, nobody really does that for me. <laughs> do they not? No, not really. <laughs> I know, it's kind of thing people think, oh, you must get things for free all the time. Yeah. And, um, and actually, no, that's not true. Um, and also, oh. I don't actually want to be that person. Do you know what I mean? I'm very mm. happy to, um, you know, there, there is one doctor who I work with kind of quite closely. And if, you know, if she wants to try something out sometimes on the odd occasion, mm. I'll say, all right, you can, you can, you can practice on my face (laughs) (laughs) but I I don't want to be that person who's always in there saying you know I you know I'll promote you if you do x for me I just I I don't want to be that person you know take it as it comes yeah yeah oh yeah plus also I just I don't think that there's you know there's only so much you can actually there are a couple of things that you know when when you see bloggers and they jump online they go Mm. I've just been being given this fantastic product and I've tried it and I I love the way it feels and I love the way it smells and I love this about it and you think you've only used it for three days you've got no idea whether or not that's actually worked they're just trying to make the content get it out there. Yeah. To say, you know, to say thanks to the person who gave it to them. Like, oh yeah, it's nice enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really... it's not. It's not a scientific. You know, no, you can't have a scientific approach. It's just going to be anyone's opinion on a thing, isn't it? Yeah, really. I mean, you really got to be using the one thing for you know, as you know, to get to get collagen yeah. to, to to regenerate and those kinds of things. Yeah. You've got to be using it for a good couple of months to actually see sort of any that's real it. difference. Yeah. Pigmentation, same thing. So yes, that's why yeah. I, I see all these bloggers doing that, and I just think, yeah, yeah, and um. <laughs> and I, I don't want yeah. to be that person. No, no, not at all. No, because mm. I I've got a beauty blog and and my Instagram and I'm I've been using uh, tretinoin and hydroquinone. I'm off hydroquinone now, but yeah, so documenting, photographing my skin as I've gone along, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you you had you had pigmentation issues or um, yeah yeah melasma and quite severe acne as well, which is why I started talking Mm. about skincare in the first place. Um, Yeah, and uh, the prescription strength stuff just worked. 
like nothing else you know I've tried everything mm. my dad's a doctor actually so he used to get he probably wasn't supposed to but he used to get his book out and say what do you want <laughs> like a, can I try that next please and <laughs> none of it worked I had um Roaccutane yeah you no know, Roaccutane yeah, yeah so I had that for when I was 17 that didn't work either really but yeah no not for very long no as in you didn't exactly. work it didn't it didn't work for very long or you didn't use it or take it for very long i took i took the i did what i was supposed to do but yeah i didn't i i, I still had acne afterwards mm. definitely yeah it didn't last very long whatever it did mm. sadly and it's yeah. a, it's a tough it's a tough ride very exciting from what i gather yeah it, it was unpleasant yeah yeah lots of like backache and nosebleeds mm. but that's you know it could 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 have been a lot worse you know lots of people have horrible depression on it so yeah i can cope with a nosebleed or two yeah that's true yeah. although with the depression there's a, a sort of a bit of a debate about whether or not um because nobody the Nobody actually asked them beforehand, did you have depressive mm. symptoms? So, oh, really? Yeah, so there's a bit of debate about whether or not they actually had the depression first and then it was yeah. attributed to Roaccutane or um, or if the Roaccutane caused it. So there's sort of a, a – obviously it's something that you, you still have to keep an eye out for, but, um, yeah, a bit of a debate about, you know, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, that sounds like lousy science. <sighs> Well, I guess I it's one of those things you don't for a pre-existing condition. Well, I suppose for a while they didn't know. actually think yeah. that it necessarily was a pre-existing condition no. until it started to be a problem, um, and then they yeah. kind of thought, "Oh my God, it must be the Roaccutane." But then they sort of yeah. looked back at it and went, "Oh, hang on a second, <laughs> nobody actually asked beforehand." Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they do now, and later on, you know, there might be something yeah. later on that actually shows which, whether yeah, which ones. There'll be more, yeah. more evidence coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is the wonderful so, thing um, about science is the way it evolves. Yeah, you know, it's it. There's never, you know, a consensus. There's never a truth. We're always trying to find out and learn more and study more. It it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I guess is very, you know, if if you're a person who likes black and white, um, and mm. you just, you know, you just want an answer. I can see how people get eternally frustrated when it's sort of like, well, science says this today and this tomorrow. Um, yeah. It can be. It. I, I can see how people find that very. Frustrating. It's confusing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the only thing that they can they can say in in a study is that the evidence suggests that this is the conclusion. Mm. You know that that doesn't sound very strong. It doesn't sound like they're convinced that they're right, but they can't because that's the way that that science works. Yeah. You can't say you're right. You can't know. You you have to keep studying and investigating. Yeah. Which, yeah, of course, confusing. from a journalist's point of view, editors hate that. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. absolutely yeah, hate the, what do you mean by you need more? We need an answer. It has to have, it has to be this or it has to be that. Yeah. Simple. We have to put a headline on yeah. it. What is it? Yeah. It's yeah. Something Give us the percentage. Tell us what it is. Yeah. Like, no, we can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've been reading studies today about um, uh, menopause and skincare and what happens after mm. you go through the menopause it's not very nice i must say i'm not i'm not like i haven't had the menopause i haven't started maybe i don't know you, you you know you don't know do you when it's starting but i i don't think i'm perimenopausal yet at 41 um and i'm not looking forward to it 
particularly. Oh, look, I mean, I guess everybody has a um, everybody has their own journey. I guess we're all different, really, aren't we? So some people sail through mm. it without any particular issues, and other people suffer very, very badly from it. Um, for yeah. me, it was the mood, and this is I, when I mm. it was at the same time as when I went back to Australia to be fingerprinted, and I went into my GP of many, many years to have a checkup, and mm. um, and I sort of said to him, I said. This may surprise you, but I think that I'm even more to- more intolerant than I usually am. I think I'm very menopausal, and he just looked at me and said, "Oh my God, your poor husband." So, um, oh, no. <laughs> yes, tolerance has never been my forte. Um, so, um, so yes, it was. Uh, that was the thing that really struck me. My my ir- ease, my ease of irritation and lack of tolerance was uh, at pretty much zero. Oh my god! Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So you would you wouldn't want to look sideways irritating. around me. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm particularly tolerant to begin with. This isn't going to end well. But that may not be you. <laughs> that may not be you. You may not have. You may sail yeah. through without a um without a, a hitch. You never know. Oh, yeah. Dear. Yeah, but it no. does do a lot to you. That's the um, you know, there, when you yeah. look at the list of sim- symptoms, it, it it just seems to grow on a daily basis. It just seems to be this endless, yeah. endless thing from dry skin to brittle nails to hair yeah. loss to hair loss. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It never ends. It, it doesn't. No, it, it you know, none of it sounds great. And you know, um, we would. I I'm friends with someone who you interviewed the other day. John Blythe, and, oh, yeah, and he's, yeah. a mac, he's a maxillofacial surgeon, and he was talking about how the uh, all of the structures in the face start mm. just degrading and hanging down. <laughs> <laughs> your, your bones go. You're not and, making me feel any better here, you know. I, mean, no, I feel like I my face just really melted depressed. off. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. It's just a, the way you described it, it felt like my while I was listening to him, my face started hanging off. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yes, yes, those fat pads tend to to, to head south. Yeah. The bones sort of start to resorb, and the uh, the yeah. skin loses loses its uh, its texture and its fullness. And um, yeah, and estrogen does play a role in that. But this is actually one yeah. of the things that is is of there are two areas that astound me when it comes to menopause that are that are probably not as well researched as you would hope, and that would be estrogen, the relationship to the brain, and estrogen and its relationship mm. to skin. They do seem to be yeah. sort of um, evolving areas where you would have thought, gee, there needs to be a bit more thought put into this. Yeah, and do you think the menopause hasn't had as much research as, you know, do you think that if men got the menopause, do you think there'd be more scientific re- research about it? <laughs> I think she laughs cynically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do I? Do I think? Yeah, I think that we. Well, I mean, I think that we know pretty much that. I mean, you know, even when it comes to all of the yeah. testing of drugs, it's all you know. The weight measurements are based on males. Um, the yeah. you know, generally in the terms of, of medical research, women have, have fared pretty poorly along the whole way. Mm. So yes, I do think that it's, it's a pretty much um, that we are sort of second class citizens when it comes to that. Area the um the like what's the um even things like uh, I mean we're fifty one percent of the population fifty one percent of an aging mm. population it's a very large cohort but yeah the amount of, yeah. of information that's um that the research that's done into it I think is pretty pretty 
slow, and especially since the two thousand and one um, Women's Health Survey, the, the thing that kicked off the 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 whole um, HRT will kill you type of um, mm, scenario, yeah. there hasn't been you know an awful lot. Um, I mean, that was mainly done because I was sort of looking at whether or not it was good for you in terms of your heart health. Um, yeah. And, but you know, if there hadn't been a concern about heart health, there probably wouldn't have even been a st- that study done, even though it didn't end well yeah. for, um, for, no. for women. It, it's, it, makes, it makes HRT scary, doesn't it? You know, it that threat, did. that increased risk. Yeah. But it's not the risk isn't enormously inflated, is it? No, you know, it absolutely not. Like and basically, is, there were so many not. there were so many flaws with that study. It was done on women who were much older. I think the average age was around about sixty five. Um, so, mm. and it was also old fashioned HRT. It was the stuff that you know when people used to say, "I don't want to take HRT mm. because it comes from from horses pee." This was the horses pee yeah. HRT. It was yeah, very old yeah. stuff. Literal horse estrogen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Synthesized, so it wasn't actually. You know, it was wasn't the actual horse. It was synthesized from no. that. Um, yeah. But but yeah. So it was a very different type of HRT to the to the ones that are being used now. But if you, I'm just sitting here now trying to to remember the figures off the top of my head from that chart, mm. which should actually be in front of me here somewhere, so I can actually Ooh. give you the right figures. What did I do with all of that stuff from the Menopause Society the other day? I joined and they sent me out a. Mm. a Giant batch full of um, of information, cognitive behavioural therapy, menopause specialist, testosterone replacement. Where are you? Where are you? Where wow. Are you? Ah, here we are. Understanding the risks of breast cancer. Here mm. we go. So in a population of around about 1,000, well, not around about, in a population of 1,000 people, um, mm. you would expect that there would be 23 cases of breast cancer diagnosed in the general population out of 1,000 people aged 50 to 59. Mm-hmm. If you were taking combined hormone replacement therapy, so that would be progesterone and um, estrogen in uh, the either the, you know the tablet form, that mm-hmm. you would expect to have an extra four cases. If you were taking estrogen only, you would have mm-hmm. four less cases or four fewer cases, if I'm being grammatically right. correct. Um, if you were taking what have we got combined if you've women on the pill so this is before we even get to menopause mm. it's the same as taking combined hrt it's an extra four cases okay. and people do that without even thinking about the risk exactly exactly consider that. don't even yeah. consider it exactly um yeah. when it comes to drinking two glasses or two units of alcohol per day you get an extra five cases so that takes you up to 28 if you're a mm. smoker there's an extra three cases if you are yeah. overweight or have a BMI greater than 30, um, you will have an extra 24 cases. So that, yeah. I mean, basically you've doubled it. And women who do at least two and a half hours worth of moderate exercise a week, there are seven fewer cases. Yeah, and breastfeeding as well, that brings it down, I think. Does it? I think so, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah. Well, like definitely. Breastfeed- for a long time as well. The longer you do it, the yeah. more protection you get. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. That's I can't remember the number, but I, I, I did read it because I got into a fight with my dad who said it was dangerous. <laughs> dangerous to breastfeed? <laughs> yeah, because of the risk of breast cancer. And I was like, no, you've got it the wrong way around. And I, and I was right. So I remember that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I have never yeah. heard of anybody saying that there's a risk of breast cancer from breastfeeding. No, 
I don't know what he was talking about. I just got confused of him. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. actually, isn't it? That's because I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exi- you know, if you in Australia, they're um, they're vehement about breastfeeding. If you don't breastfeed, mm. you it all you can almost be persecuted by by breastfeeding really? nurses. Yeah, they're they're they come and attack you pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember having having a couple of friends who had very bad mastitis and they had really um, mm. um, you know very nasty nipple infections and in so breastfeeding was excruciatingly painful for them and mm. and you know they couldn't go they could just couldn't continue with it because it was just too much and they were really yeah. almost you know they were in tears because they felt so persecuted by yeah. the nurses which is just because you already do feel bad you yeah know? you feel bad about everything at that mm. point especially if you can't breastfeed so you don't need anything extra adding to that oh, guilt. Oh, exactly. And especially, yeah, the people are saying, there's no such thing as a woman who can't breastfeed and things like that. Just, oh, you know, God things God that just sake. made you feel much, much, much worse when you're already in a vulnerable situation because, you know, yeah. most people probably do want to breastfeed because, you know, they know that yeah. breast is best, as they say. And if you can't, you just feel doubly guilty. Yeah, yeah. You know, the people I, I know who don't didn't breastfeed, like, they they will sort of justify themselves immediately, but they were oh, but I couldn't. It was really impossible. I did try. Well, it's all right. You know, they everyone feels bad that they didn't do it, and they always try and stick up for themselves. It's like you don't need to. It's fine. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot of guilt involved, which isn't healthy, is it? You know, just another thing for us to feel bad about. Well, it's very hard to be a mum. Especially these days, yes. when you're having to work and juggle, and you know, worry about finances and mortgages, and God only knows what else. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's not easy. I'm, you know, and there are very few people on this earth, I think, who would not want to do the best for their children. So, no, yeah. indeed, yeah. yeah, you just have to make the best with what you got. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, we've completely gone off the topic then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the um, so the risks of cancer. Are, are probably overinflated, but and you know, did they found that estrogen is protective for the heart? So there's a reduction in risk of heart attacks. Yes. Then once you're on that, so yeah, so there is sort of swings and roundabouts. Yeah, to it. exactly. I mean, yeah. I think if if you're starting HRT later, there's still some debate about whether or not, um, you know, if you started after 65, whether or not it's actually still as beneficial. The the if you don't start within a 10 year window of of when you're when you mm. hit menopause, um, obviously that you know the benefits are, are diminished. Mm. Yeah. 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 So you know, for me, because I'm I haven't haven't hit the age yet, I don't think. But I'm I'm planning to get get the drugs. I want I want hormones if I can get them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I, you know, like you say, you want to start sooner rather than later. So I guess you just start hounding your doctor the minute your periods start acting funny. Yeah, all the symptoms it does because some people don't even have period changes. I didn't. I didn't have any yeah. any period changes literally till about three months before mm. um, before I I went through menopause. So menopause is a retrospective diagnosis. It's one year after your last period. Yeah. So that's it. yeah, yeah. So for for three for the three months before my you know I literally didn't have any idea that things were, were on that front no. were changing. But so yes, it was diagnosed basically on on your symptoms. If you're under forty five, they may take a blood test, but generally. Generally, if you're over 45, mm. they don't think it's really necessary to. They'll just um, ask you what your symptoms are. But I guess the, thing, the mm. important thing you said in that sentence out of that was having to f- basically have to hound your doctor to get it. We yeah. really should yeah. not have to hound our doctor 
to get it. That's my yeah. biggest bugbear these days. It's sort of if yeah. if you know what the risks are, if you're making an informed choice, then you should be able. You know, you're allowed if you've got cancer or or a terminal disease, you're allowed to deny treatment. So why should you not be allowed to say I want that one if you understand all the risks and the benefits? Mm. And that's what we need. We need better education so people can actually make an informed choice. And we also need you know compulsory um, catch up CPD modules for GPs so they can mm. actually stop saying yep. that HRT is going to kill you yeah yeah and they they need to know the current evidence because they were if they're only basing it off one study that's that's pretty poor isn't it true i mean admittedly it was a very very large study that did is it tsunami shockwaves around the world but um but you know it has been reanalyzed but i suppose you know that's the um you know even as i you know i am a journalist myself and i do understand how um how somebody say uh, how a headline of HRT will kill you is not is far more sexy than HRT's okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to get the yeah. equal press for for the revision of this of the study. Indeed, yeah, yeah, it's you know it suffered with bad press. Yeah, which really doesn't you know, help. You know, it just makes it very confusing no. for people. Yeah, very. People don't want to die suddenly. You know, a cancer that they could have avoided. True. But, you know, it, if if it's if it can increase your, you know, enjoyment and quality of life so much more, it might be worth looking into. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess you know, as as many of the doctors on the on the on the, you know, when I do these Instagram lives with a lot of the doctors, I mean, there's you know, these days, um, very few people actually die of breast cancer. I mean, you know, people do still obviously die of breast mm. cancer, but um, you know. The vast majority of them do do survive, mm. so it's it's not a um, yeah. uh, not necessarily. You know, there are many different types of cancer for breast as well. They're mm. not all terminally aggressive, um, yeah. and you know, I think nine it's out of ten you people screen actually, for, isn't it? So yeah, cause, you know, because we screen for it, we're more likely to catch it before there's any signs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously, yeah. it's not a pleasant thing, to, pleasant treatment to go through, yep. but it's um. You know, more women die of heart attacks later on than than die of breast cancer. And the other thing mm. that's important about it is um, brain health. Uh, mm. There's you know, two sides to, to this one as well. I think the evidence is still sort of being being gathered, but the estrogen obviously having a having a protective effect on the vascular system. What's good for the what's mm. good for the heart is good for the brain. So they're sort of gathering more evidence yeah. now to see whether or not it's actually you know helpful in um, preventing dementia as well, yeah, which is dementia, one of the main reasons yeah. why I I will go. You know, skidding into my grave, clutching, clutching my um my Sandrina sachets, um because my mother had early onset Alzheimer's. She was dead by sixty eight. She was diagnosed at yeah. my age. So you can imagine every time I walk into oh the kitchen God. and and yeah. Uh, yeah and think to myself, what did I come in here for? I think, oh, that's it. This is the beginning oh, of the end. My God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, yeah long term health benefits. Bones as well. You know, it's it's vital for bones. bones yeah. 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 Because I, I have a, a, a really good friend who's in her late 50s who had a hysterectomy when she was in her mid 30s. And um, <clears throat> she's also got celiac disease. And they just, you know, they just took out her ovaries and waved her goodbye. Like, good luck with your life. And she didn't have HRT. Mm. And, and since her spinal column started crumbling, like she was just in work and all of a sudden something cracked and it was her spine and she's in a lot you know she there's nothing much they can do with it they're just giving her pain medication 
and she's in a lot of pain. Poor and, thing. And yeah. nobody mentioned to her that no. she should have been on HRT. No. How nobody old was she? Explained. 35, did you say? Yeah, she was, I think she was mid-30s, yeah, yeah. Nobody explained, you know, what would happen if she didn't have this or what would, you know, that she should. It was nothing, nothing happened at all. They didn't say anything. Wow. It's, yeah. I mean, that's just negligent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually I mean I I keep hearing this kind of thing over and over again um, that mm. people have have you know their hysterectomies and they have their ovaries removed and they're not told that they should be on HRT or or they've gone through premature menopause for you know for other reasons as young as in their teens and um, mm. are often not told that they need HRT which is just insanity yeah. Yeah, and I don't know whether you've it's heard of Diane Danzenbrink, but she's um, no, she's she's a camp she's she's doing she's the lady who has campaigned to get um, menopause onto the school curriculum. So she has a, her mm. sort of hashtag is Make Menopause Matter, um, and she started doing her campaign basically for a similar similar thing. She went through surgical menopause, and nobody mm. mentioned to her that. Uh, well, I think it might have been mentioned to her, but I think she thought that she'd be able to sort of tough it out, and then obviously wasn't you know wasn't doing well and actually got to the point where she was actually suicidal because this is the other side that people really don't talk about with menopause it's not just um it's not just hot flushes and insomnia and and night sweats the I have a survey on my website that's, you know, could it be menopause? And when I analysed the first 100 sets of of the first 100 respondents, more people said they had mental health issues than had Mm. night sweats or hot flushes. So they were close. They were sort of, you know, 69% to 70%, but basically 70% were saying they had mental health issues. And that's, um, you know, their anxiety, depression, panic attacks, low mood, inability to concentrate, brain fog, Mm. um, all of those sorts of things. And I think recently we had a, a, I think it was a survey from, it might have been the BMJ, I can't remember who it was, but it was of medical um, professionals. And about a third of them or so, I think, from memory, I might be wrong, um, said that they had considered giving up or had given or had changed their hours or changed their duties because they no longer mm. felt um, that they were performing properly professionally because of the menopause yeah. symptoms. And that's just sad. You know, to have a brain drain yeah. of, of professional women is um, it, it's mm. it's not just bad for the women, but it's bad for the economy. Yeah, yeah. Economically speaking, mm. that's not not a good i good thing to happen is it no not at all no oh well that's depressing yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> bet you're glad you thought we'd talk about menopause <laughs> yeah well i said to my husband i was like i'm going to do we're talking about menopause tonight and i you know you you better listen to this because you're going to be your wife is going to be going through menopause soon so you should know about all about this all right and he was like mm. You just, you just get this sort of like wall of like, mm. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to start shoplifting? <laughs> I might. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but yeah. well, I mean, yes. The other reason why men should definitely be listening to things about it is, I mean, not just because of the mood swings and you know, us, you know, obviously appearing snappier and and less yeah. pleasant to be around, um, is. Vaginal atrophy, which is probably yeah. one of the things that is least spoken about, and here if we're talking about skin, is um, obviously yeah. there is skin on our external genitalia and skin in our vagina. Yeah, 
You're yeah. not allowed to talk about anything. Let's <laughs> talk, <about that. laughs> talk about that. That's such a beautiful topic. Um, let's talk about vaginas. Let's talk about vaginas. One of my favourite things. The um, <laughs> what you know, despite you know, even at university when I was doing anatomy, we I think we had one lecture on the female reproductive system, and oh nobody God. mentioned. We spent a lot of time in anatomy chopping up penises and scrotums. We never chopped up. Did you any, really? You yeah. didn't chop up a vagina. No, we did not. <laughs> Not once. Nobody even How mentioned weird. a clitoris um, and nobody mentioned what happened to them later on in life. And this is the mm. interesting thing. I had right. no idea, despite having spent 20 years writing for medical publications, I had no yeah. idea that my clitoris was going to shrink. Nobody told me that. It, oh, my God, I didn't know that. No, well, there you go. <laughs> oh. yes, yes, yes. So basically, you know, your vagina gets shorter, it gets tighter, it gets drier, um, which right. obviously makes sex painful. So you, so uh, the external genitalia also gets drier. The skin gets thinner as it yeah. does like on everywhere else in your body. So if you think, you're, if you think your face is starting to sag and go and start looking wrinkly mm. and horrible, so is your labia. Um, and yeah. so then obviously if, because it's getting drier, there can be irritation if you're having sex and you just actually think this becomes uncomfortable it can for some people including me because I self-treated mm. so let's just don't ever do what I do um, mm -hmm. is it can actually get to the point where it's difficult to walk it's difficult to sit you're certainly not going to be riding a bike and the idea of sex is just oh absolutely God. forget it um, I kept on thinking it was thrush and obviously yeah. it wasn't it was vaginal dryness and vaginal atrophy and thank God somebody actually said to me you need a vestum uh, which is a, yeah. a, a a vaginal um, estrogen cream and um, it mm. made an enormous difference a huge difference and getting rid of yeah. soap um, I have now gone soap free in that area mm. and I use dermal 500 instead which is an emollient you can use as a soap substitute yeah. and vast difference huge cool. difference but so there's things you can do we don't need to suffer exactly exactly but from the yeah. men's point of view or I guess this is what this is what I went through when I um when this started happening to me I found it really difficult I mean it's bad enough that you know mm. that you're face looks awful you're getting fat around the middle and, mm. and then all of a sudden you think oh my god I can't even have sex this is what it's come to yeah it's really what confronting a yeah you think that male doctors would would be addressing this because it is in that they probably are having sex with menopausal women you think that you know somebody would give a shit about it yeah you would think that Just, that's true yeah <laughs> But no, not really. I think a no, lot of them think no. that it's like, well, maybe it used to be people were sent off. I mean, obviously there are psychosomatic reasons for why people don't want to have sex if they've been abused or whatever. There are various sorts of reasons mm. for it. But generally I think a lot of men just thought it was in women's heads. Um, we're all we're just frigid. Probably. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah. it, it becomes painful. And it's very difficult. Well, I found it very difficult anyway to actually, it took me a long time to actually pluck up the courage to tell my husband, look, it's not you, it is actually me and this is what's going on. Because I felt like I was mm. diminished as a woman yeah. I thought you know I can't even have sex that's you know yeah. this is what it's come to it's embarrassing isn't yeah. it and unpleasant and then for them they feel rejected yes exactly you're snappy you're horrible yeah. you don't want to touch them you're turning away from yeah. all the time your libido is virtually zero um and and oh, yeah, yeah it's not fun but testosterone poor can men also make and it. poor women yes yeah, yeah low, that's the other thing isn't it low testosterone yes that happens yeah, yeah. which many gps my my gp doesn't look at me second when i said can i have testosterone he said what <laughs> sort of like, you're trying to <laughs> 
become a man. Yeah, exactly. He said, I don't think we can prescribe that for women. Um, so in the end, I ended up get going to a, he ended up referring me to a menopause clinic and now he's happy to prescribe it. Yeah. And I think that's also an issue too because mm-hmm. it's off license, it's off label mm-hmm. prescribing. And I think a lot of doctors don't want to take responsibility for it because it yeah. is um, an off label prescription. Although they're very happy to prescribe a lot of other things off label. Yeah, yeah. Once they're used to it and it seems like the normal thing to do, I suppose, they don't want to just randomly read a, you know, an article and then start doing things without being allowed to, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I mean, they are liable for it if it's off license. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, you need I can to. See that. Yeah, although it is in the NH, the, the, um, the nice guidelines. So, yeah. 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 I mean, if I guess you've got that. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be the struggle, isn't it? Getting the drug, getting the good drugs when you get to that point that you need them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an enormous zealot for for HRT. You know, for me, it works. But you know, I don't think that everybody should be taking it if they don't want to take it. But I do think that they should have the information mm. to be able to make an informed choice. Yes. Not just yeah. think that it's um it's a dangerous thing without ha- having you know really looked at it and evaluated it. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We haven't really talked about skin. No, apart from the vagina one. (laughs) Well, yes, this is the other thing too, I guess. I mean, one of the things too that people constantly say actually when they reach this period of time is their skin is itchy. They Mm. Not only do they say it's dry, but all over the body, especially calves um, and scalp, Mm. they seem to be the two areas that people really um, think are are itchy and they say it feels like there are ants crawling under their skin and they're constantly scratching. Um, And it's called formication not with an n but with an m um (laughs) yes and estrogen can can help with that um Mm. and also what i've discovered from one of the other doctors on the site who um who is not a menopause doctor but he's an aesthetic doctor we were just talking about dry skin in particular Mm. and you know he was basically saying you don't need to go out and buy £1,000 pots of God only knows whatever. Go mm. and get yourself a tub of E45 or or the Dermal 500 or something like that, just mm. just a good emollient. And after you've yeah. used your, you know, your vitamin C serum or whatever or your retinol or before you go to bed at night, slather mm. this on. I mean, basically say, yeah. like, leave a film so you can actually see the yeah. film and let it sink in. And I thought, oh, sure. But then I went off and I thought, I'm going to give yeah, that a try. Do it. I did. Yeah, humongous yeah. difference, enormous difference. My scalp was like flaking off like dandruff, and um, within yeah. a week of just putting a vino on it. I mean, literally, you know what I buy in, in Sainsbury's? Just a big old blob of it. A big yeah. old blob of it. It feels weird when you're wandering around with this sort of like this this film of cream slowly sinking in, but it makes an yeah. enormous difference. And I now do that all over my body, so it takes me forever to get dressed in the morning. Yeah. But um, you're all slimy exactly, for about an hour. Exactly as I wander around with this film of sort of, sort of looking like a like a you know when the what are they? What are people? What are they, like duck fat on when they're about to swim across the channel? Yeah, I probably look like yeah. that. <laughs> like Davina McCall before she went across. Did she? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, she did. Yes, she swam the channel. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, she's cool. I like her. Yes. Oh, jellyfish. Yeah. No. 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 Jellyfish. <laughs> I don't think we got any jellyfish. Oh, I don't know. Well, at least yeah, yeah. So better than doing it in Australia, we'd be eaten by a shark. God, yeah. Yeah, you yeah you'd be killed immediately. 
Oh, exactly. And dry scalp. Oh. That's the other thing that, um, yeah. So yeah. the other thing that I found really, really helpful was um, one of the doctors was like, why don't you go and try the, the Neutrogena tea gel? It's what they, yeah. um, the shampoo for. That's what I use, yeah? actually. Cold tar shampoo. Yes. Get, yeah, flaky scalp. It's fab. It is I love fab. the smell of it. Oh, do you well. see? I hate it. Yeah. And it smells you? like somebody's run over your head with an asphalt machine. But, you know, you get yeah. used to it after a while. And in all honesty... I, you know, I, it's still, I, I don't, it's not nearly as scratchy, itchy as it was before. It's mm. much better. And I think actually even the condition of my hair's improved. Yeah. I did, I did something weird. I, um, I stopped washing my hair completely for months on end mm. as a kind of a bloody minded experiment. And how did that go? Happen. It went, it went well to a point. <laughs> I do wash my hair now. What, what was the point? <laughs> Well, my my scalp started getting itchy, and you need. I wanted to put, um, yeah, like you say, uh, ketoconazole shampoo or cold tar shampoo on there to sort of stop the itching. But I wasn't supposed to, so I did start washing it again. But because I I went through the grease the greasiness barrier, so I had like extremely greasy hair for um, a few weeks, and I was like washing it with um, vinegar, which mm. sounds weird but mm. it actually worked and now my hair doesn't get greasy so I could not wash it for weeks on end wow and it would be okay it doesn't get greasy anymore but if you because you're washing it every single day with shampoo it kind of it upsets the the balance of the the oils and uh, you've got to continue washing it because it gets greasy yeah so quickly yeah and it's sort of a never-ending cycle that you've got to break by going through the grease barrier it was barrier. Yeah, it looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and what did your friends, family, husband, and patients say about this when they were? Just, just thought it was weird. <laughs> just like oh, I'm doing an experiment. I'm not washing my hair. Oh, Great, good for you. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Does it extend to the other parts of your body as well? <laughs> no, I don't know. Sometimes I think about not washing my face if I don't wear makeup. I, I'm because it's because it's so cold. My face is dry. Mm. I'm thinking, do I need to cleanse with something that foams up or anything like that? And I don't think I I don't think it's necessarily something you need to do. Well, I, well, as as... I'm particularly lazy, which is um, mm. I'm probably the laziest person when it comes to these things on earth. And there's no way in the world at eleven o'clock at night I'm putting my hair mm. up and and washing my face with something. It's just it will just never yeah. ever happen. And but then again, I don't wear makeup, so I guess there's you yeah. know I don't. It makes it easy. Yeah, yeah. but um, I w- I certainly wouldn't put anything soapy anywhere near it I normally yeah. just use a micellar water and just give it a wipe I know people will actually sort of go oh yeah. my god how can you live by just doing that um yeah but yeah I, I think you know micellar water is all right if you, you rinsing it off is better mm. though you know just once you've micellar then just give it a little rinse and a pat that's probably better for your skin yeah because there's like chemicals in it that'll irritate the cells yeah but yeah yeah, I think because the podcast we just did with my normal um, podcast mate, um, we were talking about exercise and uh, um, skincare. And, you know, I was reading a study that showed that washing your face, getting it wet, really upsets it for quite a long time. Mm, after and we do tend to overwash. Place. Yeah, yeah. 
So if you know if you're postmenopausal and dry, just try not washing it with anything that might irritate it. You know, maybe just water or a little bit of oil you could do as well. Just like a plain plant oil wash might be good. Yeah, well, it's something really mild. Definitely not soapy. Soap nowhere near your no. face ever. No, um, nothing bubbly. Nothing bubbly. Um, or, you know, every so often just use a, like a good glycolic AHA or, mm. um, yeah. so, so, or, or um, you know, um, what's the other gluconolactone. That's, um, yeah, PHA. Yeah, yeah. the polyhydroxy yeah, ones yeah. that um, attract more water than, than, than taking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah low pH is always good. Yeah, and it's something acidic is is the way to go. Yes, um, not to um, not nothing to nothing too too drastic. I don't think, and that's because we do tend to you know cleansing morning, night, you know, non-stop. It's I mean, mm. really, how dirty is your face in the morning when you've yeah, got out of not, bed? It's it's a little bit oily, but I think yeah. that's good. I quite you know. Lots of people don't like that, but I I think that's good to have a a bit of an oily face. It you know it's it's not dry, it's comfortable. Yeah, I mean I've never had an oily face. I would like to have one now. Yeah. Then I wouldn't probably be looking yeah. as as uh, as dried up and wrinkly as I am. So um, yeah, yes. that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you know, do you? Um, uh, advise or do you do yourself a, a lot of hydration using like watery based pot products um look really in all honesty i guess my staples are because i am unbelievably lazy are mm. literally a vitamin c serum with um ferulic mm-hmm. acid and vitamin e because obviously being a sun yep. sun damaged australian um i i need anything that's going to repair the sun damage um as mm. hard and as fast as is humanly possible um and then I use a, um, a thing with a – I also have rosacea, so I use um, things that sort of calm oh, yeah. the skin quite a lot with a mm. methyl sulfonyl methane or MSM as it's called. It sounds horrible, but it comes from flax seeds. Um, and Do you know what? I've just started taking that. Into oh, the really? Yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually been putting it on my, my, um, my muesli in the morning as well. But, oh, yeah. interesting, because it's, it's the, um, the molecule that your body makes gags out of, which sounds yes. like nonsense. Um, glycoaminoglycans yes. and hyaluronic acid is a glycoamino um, glycans. So these are the things that make up like the flesh of your skin. They sort of fill up the gaps between the collagen. So they it's what gags are what we want yes. in our skin. Yeah, yeah. So MSN makes the gags. So I'm starting to swallow it. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work. Well, I can't say I've noticed any enormous difference in mine yet so far, but I do notice it when I use it um, topically that it it does take a lot of the the redness and the inflammation away, which is, um, uh, yeah, I'm way less um, bright red unless I have a glass of wine with a sulfite in it. But um, other than that, I seem to be sort of way less less reactive on the red side. Um, And then retinol. That's a really good tip. I need to find a good MSN cream. Yeah. Yeah, well, I use yeah. a Tebby Skin one that um, UV Soothe. It's called. So they've actually, they actually, it's UV not Soothe. Yeah, it should be. Okay. They actually left the e on the end, so it's UV Soft. They've, they've spelled it out, but they're Italian, oh. so, I, so I, 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 I give them a, um, a, a like, okay. break on that one. <laughs> Whatever, it works. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're the um, they're clinic only products, so you have sort of have to find a, okay. a clinic that stocks yeah. them. Yep. But they're mm. um, they're good, and the and the and retinol. Other than that, that's my um, mm. 
Do you don't use tretinoin? No. For prescription stuff, no? No. No, maybe I actually should ask somebody for to, to write me one. Although someone was mm. telling me that you, the strongest you can get now is adapalene, which is the um, the yeah, but that doesn't no, synthetic. Um, adapalene doesn't um, you know there's different receptors in the cell in the skin cell, different um, retinoid receptors, I'll call them, mm. um, and tretinoin links with all of them, so it has all of the effects that a retinoid can have. It's got the anti-aging effect and the anti-pigmentation effect. Adapalene will only link with the acne receptors to, to oh. really over... So it's, it's really an acne mm. um, topical adapalene. So tretinoin is, is your man. Yeah. yeah but somebody was telling me you can't I'll, get I'll it here in the UK anymore. I'll have to send you the pictures. You can. It's prescription only. Yeah, this was I a doctor use, saying he um, couldn't get it anymore to prescribe. Well, I'm. I have it. I have been delivered it very recently. Um, I use a uh, dermatologist, an online dermatologist called Dermatica. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah, which is twenty pounds a month, and you do an online consultation, and then you know they look at photos of your skin and make a prescription, and it it's really good. Yeah. Um, not 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 particularly expensive, but no, actually, that's a very good price if you think about it, really. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. were, if you were, you know, for derm- if you were going to a dermatologist, it cost you two hundred and fifty quid to to walk yeah. in and get a private script that you go out and pay thirty six pounds for. So it's actually, it's, yeah. yeah, they're very good value. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it, you know, I'll have to show you the pictures because my skin looks like it's like night and day. It looks totally different. It's amazing. Wow, that would be good to see. Yeah, and tretinoin, you know, tretinoin just is, you know, the only thing really that reverses aging and brings the collagen back yeah. to such an extent. Yeah, it's worth doing. Yes. I would. Yeah. Well, I, these days I probably yeah. need um I probably need John Blythe, your friend, to come and actually lift half of my face <laughs> up. <laughs> We've got to the point where, yeah. where it's gone too far. Although actually the other thing that he was saying that was really interesting was the um with hyaluronic acid, that it's it's more than mm. just a plumper between cells and things like that. It can actually have um messenger type signals as mm. well, which I didn't know about until um until talking to him. That's yeah, yeah there's a sort of C D forty four receptors that um that it, yeah. it will it will talk to about promoting collagen growth and all sorts of other different things yeah, that it yeah, can do yeah it can rebuild collagen as well yeah, yeah and the good true, type yeah. the type two not the not the type three yeah oh cool yes so uh yeah you know and uh there's there are things we can do to make things less miserable <laughs> that's true and look i mean you know in the end you know i suppose it depends on how you know it is what it is there's nothing you can do about it so you could sit around yeah. being miserable about it or you can just make the most of it really yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, for me, I want to be prepared. I want to like find out how what works and have a plan. Yeah, um, I was reading that is interesting that the pH of your vagina um, is a really good predictor for um, for for menopause. It's like a test. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the study, guys? bring it out so panda et al sounds like a joke but that's his name mr panda (laughs) 2014 a journal of midlife health um in a study uh found that the vaginal ph is a simple accurate and low cost 
tool that can be suggested as a suitable and better alternative to serum follicle stimulating hormone estimation for the diagnosis of menopause. So your vagina should be below the pH of 4.5. And if it's, if it's uh, above that, then uh, you're, you've, you've got possible menopause or a bacterial infection. Yes, I was about to say, I mean, it would depend on what yeah. sort of state your vagina was in when you had it, yeah. had it taken. Yeah. 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 So either way, you know, you want, you know, if you're, if you're in your forties and you tested high on the vaginal, if you, if you were bored one afternoon and you test testing a vaginal pH and it was high, then maybe you need to go to the doctor or maybe you've got menopause. Well, maybe, yeah, it's probably an interesting thing, but I don't know. I think in the end, just go on your symptoms because, you know, even the follicle-stimulating hormone, those hormones change, I think, what, about every 90 minutes or so. So they're a snapshot of time. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So this sort of, you know, that's why they don't necessarily, that's why they, unless you're young and they're looking for something that's, you know, really unusual um, for women over 45, it's really not an accurate predictor, which is why when people keep on saying to me, but I had them done and my follicle-stimulating levels are fine. And Mm. sort of like, well, actually, <laughs> but look at you! No. You've got this, 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 and this. We can reel them off, and you know, and you've got twenty yeah. out of the forty symptoms. What do you think it is? Um, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not that I would ever actually be cruel enough to say that to somebody, but it, it does go through my mind when I'm listening to them. Yeah, and, I'm thinking, yeah, and you go, hmm. okay, yeah. <laughs> Have you considered menopause? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the other thing I was reading about was um, uh, estrogen cream sounds pretty cool as well. For, I don't think they make it. For, for skin, just putting it on your skin. Yeah. No, there. apart from the one for the vagina, there doesn't um, appear to be no. one for for your face. So I have actually quietly been conducting my own private um, experiment. I have okay. been putting my Avestin around my eyes really? to, to see if oh it makes any God. difference and so far i can't say that it has made any difference but i am conducting no. my own private little experiment just to see what that's it what i was thinking because i googled it i was like i wonder if i can put the vagina cream on my eye well one of the gynecologists <laughs> on the site was actually saying a while back she had somebody who was putting the testosterone cream around their eyes and i thought my god Ooh. that could be i guess she must have been using the one from australia which is actually a cream it's called androfem um whereas the one yeah. that i use here is the one for men and it's, it's a gel and it's got an alcohol Whole base. And I was thinking, there's no way in the world I'm putting down about my eyes. eyes. No, no. So you do use, use testosterone. I do. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's made a huge difference. Huge in yeah. terms do you of. I think it's made you feel better, as you know, not just sexually, but you know, much more energy, much yeah. less tired. Um, and but but also actually, even though you know, I, I still don't concentrate as well as I should, um, but it has helped me a bit to actually at least start concentrating until I, might, yeah. until I drift off again. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a big difference. You know, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well done, you. <laughs> like, that's the thing, isn't it? we just got to find the, the good doctors, the good clinics that can help us out so we don't have to suffer if there's, you know, if we don't want to. And if you want, if you want to find the drugs, there are drugs that will help us. Yeah, exactly. And um, and asking, you know, if your GP isn't confident, making sure that, you know, you get a referral mm. to a menopause clinic then if um, if they do that. Yeah. And um, I, I did a little rant the other day because I was actually so appalled at um, – the woman was actually in Canada, but she said she went to her, to her doctor and said, I think I need HRT. And he apparently turned mm. around and looked at her and said, well – 
you know, when your menses started, when you started puberty, you didn't need help then. Why do you think you need help wow. now? This is a natural process. You're just going to have to learn to oh live with it. God. Can you imagine? I honestly, I just saw red. It was like, wow. <laughs> what? If that happened to him, though, do you think he'd be suffering and going, well, never mind? Yeah. This is just what happened? No, of course not. Exactly. Yep. Why would you not seek treatment? What, you know, why Why is that a bad thing, looking for help with a medical problem than when there is treatment for it? Well, I guess that's the thing. They still don't see it as a medical problem, I mean, which is why I guess it's probably in some ways important for it, the name mm. of it to change to estrogen deficiency as opposed to yeah. menopause. Because, um, you know, we have andropause and, and you know, if a man goes mm. in and says, I'm feeling tired, I can't concentrate, my penis doesn't work properly, um, yeah. they'll be sent off for tests and they will probably most likely be given testosterone without, you know, without a second yeah. thought. So I don't really mm. know why it should necessarily be so different for estrogen. Why would we? Why would we have to suffer? Well, exactly. Strange, because, isn't it? Yeah, we used to only live to a hundred years ago. The average age was fifty-one. Um, so basically, mm. most women were dead by the time they reached menopause. Um, mm. And now we're living to you know into our nineties to hundred. We're living thirty, forty, fifty years in menopause, and we didn't do mm. that before. So we're going to have to think of some way of of, of handling it better. So we you know we don't yeah. end up having heart attacks and brittle bones and dementia and God only yeah. knows what else. We have to think of a better way yeah. of doing it. Yeah, and we need to be armed with the knowledge as well of how to de- how to deal, you know, if we're going to run out, if our bone is going to be resorbed and we're at risk for um, dementia, we need to be forewarned of that so we can, you know, adjust our lifestyles and our behaviour accordingly. But if we, you know, if it's all enshrouded in mystery, then women aren't going to know what's hit them. It's not fair. It's it's pointless and unnecessary. And joining all the dots. I mean, even as you would know, the the dry gum, the you know, the gum Mm. disease increases with menopause. Um, Yeah. And you know, again, this is another estrogen-related thing with you know, dry mouths and mucosas Mm -hmm. and and all of those sorts of things. So, what when you when you see people with with sort of dry gums at around about that sort of age and things, what do you um, apart from oral hygiene, what do do you yeah. do you ever say anything to them along those lines? There's nothing really you can do to replace saliva. Yeah. You know, it's it's you've got to make sure that they they're not um eating sweets to try and stimulate their saliva and sort of counsel them on, on the importance of fluoride and prescribing them fluoride to strengthen up their teeth so that they're not at risk. Yeah, you can't really. There's no sort of lovely saliva replacement. No, and those artificial ones are pretty horrible. They're gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know. Some people say um, omegas, omega seven, omega three, and things like mm. that it can can help with sort of um, mucosal uh, production. Yes, no. I haven't heard much about that to be honest. I'd have to do a bit more research. Yeah, but yeah, you know. Omega, omega fatty acids are really good for everything, so it's always worth a try, definitely. True, not cheap though. I decided yeah. that I would actually try them for um for, for mm. because one of the, it was one of the gynecologists on the side, and we were talking about dry eyes, and she said, "Well, why don't you mm. try omega seven? So I thought I would go and give myself a little experiment, and so I bought yeah. a, a, a jar of them, and they're not cheap. It no. would cost you about forty quid a month. 
And that's quite a lot that's of money. Quite a lot, yeah. Yeah, because I actually I realised when I finished off the bottle after two months that I was actually supposed to be taking two a day and I'd only taken one. Yeah, <laughs> you do have to take quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. because reading yeah. reading is obviously not my forte. I hate to read anything that actually looks like an instruction. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, but even then I thought, wow, yeah, this would really cost me a lot to buy a, b- a bunch of eye drops would cost a lot less. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either that, or I've yeah. got to go and sort of live in a fish farm. Yeah. <laughs> just eat loads of fish loads of sardines mm. yeah i don't know i don't know much about that to be honest um all i know that yeah omegas are good for the skin in general yeah um, yeah we had a guest on the other week and she said that you know she works with a lot, a lot of people's skin and she can tell when people are taking um omega fatty acid supplements oh really she says it's quite quite obvious yeah because so i was asking about collagen supplements because they're meant to be good for hydration and you know the firmness of your skin and uh, she said she doesn't really notice a difference with those but omega acids yeah she can tell when people are taking them well i have to say i was given um a three-month trial by one of the people who who has a um a skin supplement um and it does Mm. have a bit of collagen in it but it is mostly omegas and i didn't notice an enormous difference on my face but i did notice it on the rest of my body and that was Mm. the the just the less itchy and it just looked Mm. less like an 80 year old um (laughs) Because you, you stand in the room and you think, oh, my God, I've become my mother. Um, oh. And and it is um, – and I, I noticed that the skin actually did look plumper, not just because I'm getting fatter through lockdown, but it actually looked – it looked like it was um, – It looked healthier. Yeah, it looked healthier. It looked more yeah. hydrated. It looked less crepe-like. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually quite – I was surprised. And that had collagen in it as as well as the oils. mostly uh, mostly the omega threes is uh, well, I think it's three three six and seven. Yeah. I can't remember exactly but it's yeah, yeah a lot of, and um, what's the other thing is lysine I think I can't remember something else like, like lysine that. yeah that's yeah. an amino acid I think isn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a lot of um, of things like the, those sorts of bits and things that you know help with building blocks mm. Mm. Ooh, what brand was that. Oh, well, if I'm allowed to say, it was SkinAid. Yeah, yeah. SkinAid. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I was really. I mean, every time I've seen you know when I because I go to quite a lot of the um you know the aesthetic um, conferences when they used to have them, and um you know was always talking to to them and you know she'd be the rep was always saying you've got mm. to try this it's going to make an enormous difference it's absolutely fantastic and I would sort of walk away going yeah yeah Ooh. sure and then she <laughs> said look here you are here's a trial and I had to go back to say you know what you're actually, actually right work. yeah yeah. And is that the one that's forty pounds a month? No, that was just a you know a Holland and Barrett Omega Seven capsule. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't even a fancy brand. It was just the bog standard. Yeah. Holland and Barrett. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Boom. I mean, then, then there was one that was double the price, and then I bought the cheap one because because I'm yeah. not spending sixty quid yeah. on the tablet with fish oil in it. Oils. Yes. No. Yeah. I wonder if there's a cheaper. Way. There must be a cheaper way of doing it. There must probably be. by the. Yeah, just yeah. buy the oil. Yeah, and drink it. Oof. Well, that's what remember. No. Um, my mother always, thank God, they stopped yeah. with me. But that Castor. would would be yeah, yeah, a tablespoon of um of cod liver oil. Yeah. Oh, but maybe that maybe they didn't have it wrong. Maybe that was oh. the right thing to do. It's an amazing but, source know. of vitamin D. Yeah, mm. that's it. Yeah, vitamin D, which is super important for everything. Yeah. 
yeah some of those yeah, old skin fashion aid things. right skin aid 30 day course is 98 pound 50 and that's with money off yeah it's not cheap um, no yeah so i was very glad you gave it to me for nothing because i probably wouldn't yeah. have bought it <laughs> exactly no but it has made a difference so i think you know, if, you, yeah. if you're sort of looking and and i do have to even in, even though i was taking the omega 7s um in half the dose i do actually think well it's hard to it say is. because you know, when you've got the heating yeah. on and those i do think yeah. i reached less for the for my eye drops um and now that i've mm. finished the bottle i'm thinking gosh my eyes are feeling really dry again and, and itchy so obviously wow. it, it sort yeah. of did do something yeah I like the idea of taking a tablet and it working and helping me and making me feel better because it's easy, isn't it? You know. Well, true, I suppose. But I'm I'm really I'm one up. of those sort of like I'm an I'm really generally an anti. The only thing I normally take is vitamin D. I don't really take anything yeah. else because um, I kind of think you know yeah. it's a supplement for if you have a deficiency and if you don't have any deficiencies in theory, you should be yeah. able to get all these things you from shouldn't. your diet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I just take vitamin D at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm always always up for trying things just in case they're miracles. Um, I suddenly become really young again. <laughs> <laughs> You're only 41. Yeah. Uh, I feel about a million years old, though. Oh, well, I know how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I did want to end on that of us both feeling like we're a million years old. <laughs> that's a bit sad. Yes, that's true. That is true. It is not that bad, really. I think it's just the way you've been. You know, in the no. end, you've just got to um to take it for what it is. Yeah, there's no avoiding yeah. it. So um, make no, the most of it. Just, just figure out how you're going to deal with it and do your research. Exactly. And exercise. Yeah, and put lots of moisturizer on. Exercise. Yeah. Eat that's... well. Look yeah. after yourself. Do weight weight bearing exercise for your bones. Yes, exactly. Yep. So you know, yeah, cycling and swimming aren't going to cut the mustard. There, you do actually have to have your feet on the ground and lift some weights. Yeah. See, I run. I only run really, so that's not good enough either. I don't think. Well, it should be pretty good. That's um, at least you know, at least you know, may not be doing enough for your up. upper body, yeah. but at least it's doing no. you know, for the for the rest of your body, it should really be quite yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. I've actually been, I had a dex this is the other thing that people probably ought to think about as well is um dexa scans now there will be people who will scream at me mm. that um people shouldn't routinely have a dexa scan um, because mm. of the radiation but then I guess the other side of it is that um, if especially if you go through menopause early um, and mm. you haven't been given HRT um, you yeah. need to have a dexa scan to make sure that your bones are in reasonable, condition mm. and that um because hrt and weight bearing exercise if they have already started to uh, to become brittle and porous will really make mm. a difference yeah yeah it's really important yeah 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 i'm trying to think of something positive yeah. to say about um i know <laughs> <laughs> about this you can't all be bad there are things out there that can help yeah at least uh, I'm, you know, I'd rather be this age than twenty any day. To be honest, I'm much happier mentally. I'm, yeah, I'm totally chuffed with being alive now. Whereas when I was young, I was always full of anxiety and self consciousness. Yeah, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm happy. It's good. 
Yeah, that's good. See, I think my I think my imposter syndrome has um has increased massively. I now I never oh, used yeah. to question. You know, before I think you know if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. I can do it, and I will do yeah. it. And now I kind of think, oh, can I do it? Really? I, I, I you yeah. Can. I I know yeah. my imposter syndrome has has um really started to to yeah, take over. Yeah, isn't you it? sort of yeah. doubt everything you know and and think that you know it's um you you're not yeah. you're not up to it, which is a bit of a worry. Yeah, yeah. I always think like I should I should get some hypnotherapy just so somebody can just go, "You're brilliant." Leave it at that. Don't think anything else. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? You know putting yourself out there and doing stuff it, it is yeah I mean I'm just, I yeah. didn't realize how hard it would be doing you know I mean having been a you know a journal journalist for all my life I didn't realize yeah. how difficult it would be to actually go out and run my own business and clearly I'm not good at it um but you know no. it, it, it is a difficult thing to actually do to um to to I take my hat off to anybody who runs a successful business because I, I think it, it's yeah. enough. You've got to have it in you, haven't you? You've yeah. got to have business in your bones. It's really, really difficult otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, it's um, it's it, it's very, very hard. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's involving health and information because they're kind of they're, they're the sorts of things that actually, you, know, you really think you know should be free. And, um, <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, we need to be paid. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the thing with dentistry. Like, it's, it's it, it, everyone thinks it should be free, but it's not. And it can't be because dentists need money the same as everybody else. Yes, exactly. So and you've, you've worked very hard to get your degree. Yeah. For a very yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah, it was god-awful five years. Um, I, need, I need to pay my mortgage <laughs> yes exactly a very long five years yeah yeah well oh well you know if you start your own podcast ever i'm looking forward to being a guest and uh yes so cool talking to you and we will talk about gums and how they're the mirror of your, in, yeah. your internal organs yeah how how much of an impact gum health has on the rest of your body exactly it's it's actually crazy. Scary it's crazy. Really, really, yeah, yeah. You do want to be flossing. <laughs> <laughs> Your life may depend on it. Well, true. Very, very true. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. That's a positive thing to finish on. <laughs> <laughs> go and floss your teeth. Lovely. <laughs> and after that, smear your face with, with E45 and go yeah. to bed. Put those of E45 on, go to bed. <laughs> exactly. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I hope I hope that um I hope that was soon. interesting. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. Fast absolutely fascinating. Oh I guess let's right, let's say goodbye. All right, take care. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Ta-da. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, thank you so much to Fiona. Uh, she's uh, she's an absolutely fascinating woman and uh, very, very interesting and knowledgeable. So uh, if you want to find Fiona, then head to Harley Street Emporium on Instagram. And uh, for me, you can go to the Skincare with Friends chat room, my blog, Neopattern Looks, or um, my Instagram at Skincare with Friends. Bye. Take care. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.